Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast. This is episode 57. I'm your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Mike, my friend, how are you today? Ben, I'm well, and uh, I'm, I'm freewheeling here. I'm going to be ad-libbing today. You know, usually I, I write notes or at least bullet points for these podcasts that we do because I want to make sure I have organized my thoughts in a coherent and cogent manner. Not this week. I've thrown caution to the wind, and not only that, I am on my second mimosa. So let's see where this takes us. You're on your second mimosa at 11 in the morning. Uh, it is 11.33 in the morning here in Northern California, yes. Oh, well, in that case, that's fine. I thought it was like 11. If it was 11, then that would have been a bit, you know, that you, <laughs> 11.30 is a different story. Yeah, exactly. 11.30, not just 11.30, but 11.33. And uh, yeah. hey, it's, uh, it's a holiday weekend, so, you know. Get drinking, get, get, get going. I do what I want. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm and by the way, Ben, I mean, I don't, I don't have a kid that's keeping me up at night that I have to look after, like one of us. So, uh, you know, I mean, somebody has to have, you know, <laughs> one of us has to have some fun, right? One of, one of, yeah, exactly. I, I, I've been up most of the night um, with my kid who keeps waking up all night, every night. And doesn't give us a break. I don't. <laughs> any any advice, any tips from our readers or listeners would be very welcome. My wife and I played video games last night, so I don't want to. I don't want to hear. But I don't want to hear. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you had a grand old time. I had a. My wife and I had a miserable time waking up multiple times throughout the night. Anyway, so we're recording this on a Saturday, and yesterday the United States Senate failed to begin debate on a measure that would have authorized the creation of a, a bipartisan commission that would have investigated the 1-6 Capitol riot, the 1-6 insurrection, the 1-6 Trump incited, well, insurrection. It, he, Trump was impeached for it. He was impeached for incitement to insurrection. And in our very stupid system in the United States Senate, to pass a cloture motion, you need 60 votes. And the Democrats got 54. They were joined by six Republicans. Uh, two Democrats, by the way, did not vote. Patty Murray of Washington in Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, who apparently could not be bothered to vote on this. But yeah, we have a system where when the eyes are 54 and the nose are 35, uh, the nose have it. And this is a very stupid system we have. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, really, the, the main takeaway here is just these Republicans who have no interest in forming what I think is an important commission. But Republicans can't be bothered with that. They don't want to pick at that wound because it will be very it will look very bad for Trump. It will look very bad for them. It will become a campaign issue in 2022 in all likelihood. So they would like to avoid that. And so that's why we got the vote that we got on Friday. We covered this pretty extensively on the bands of this week. Justin wrote a piece about, you know, basically having to, we the Democrats need to exploit this mercilessly right because we all knew this was coming we all knew that they were going to vote no we all knew that they were going to filibuster this um it's not surprising 
the 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 Republicans now understand they they have received the message loud and clear that if they deviate from the Trump line, if they deviate from the MAGA cult, uh, they're toast. They can't get <clears throat> themselves elected. Just look at what happens to Liz Cheney. Like that's what happens to you, right? That's what happens if you disagree with the orange god you're out right you know you know you are no longer useful to the party so of course you know trump doesn't want an investigation uh, into his attempted coup in january so therefore there is no investigation right they i mean it was the sort of if you look at the parameters of the of the legislation right of the of the proposed investigation i mean the, they got literally everything they asked for Right, it was a truly bipartisan commission, right? And yet they still voted it down, even though they got everything they asked for, in terms of the numbers of the Republican on the commission, you know, uh, when it was going to be when it was going to wrap up, and yet they still voted it down. So, you know, we knew this was coming. It's incredibly it, what a sad, sad and pathetic day again for democracy and for the Republican Party. I think it's now clear that. The Democratic Party is the only thing that exists now, um, preventing um, fascism and a, and a dictatorship in this country. And I'm and I'm not being using hyperbole here. I'm being very serious. Right? If the Republicans are not willing to investigate an attempted coup on their own government, what does that say about their commitment to democracy and their commitment to the rule of law? They don't give a shit about any of this stuff at all. They couldn't care less, right? They care about power. They care about owning the libs um, and they care about getting the orange god back in because all of their voters love him. So, you know, like, it's a pretty desperate situation right now. Uh, and it makes it even more vital that we end this wretched filibuster, right? Which doesn't look like that's going to happen because of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, who still won't, vote to end the filibuster, even after the Republicans use the filibuster for this. It just, it blows, it, it blows the mind. I, you know, no, you think they can't get worse. They can. They can, they will, uh, and it's never going to end. Uh, Benji Sarlin of NBC, he, he quote tweeted himself uh, on Friday. Uh, and, and the tweet that he was quoting was from November 10th, right? So this is like a few days after the race was called for Biden officially. And, you know, Trump was screaming fraud and stolen election. And here's what he said back in November, Benji Sarlin. There's no obvious reason we have to do what Trump says just for now. There's a special election in Georgia and we need his voters riled up. Doesn't become... Well, we have to do it for now. Look at these governor's races. Then, well, the midterms. Then it's 2024 and, and so on and so on. So like using this as a justification, like, you know, yeah, we'd like to move on from Trump, but his voters still like him a lot. And there's always an election around the corner. So he quote tweeted himself saying this. And he said, so far, pretty much everything that's happened from impeachment to Liz Cheney to the 1-6 vote was predictable the first week after the election when Republican leaders didn't concede the election. So 
it was also predictable just because of how the, the hold that this guy has on the party. Yes, he lost, but he did get 74 million votes. That is a lot of votes. And with him on the ticket, they actually gained seats in the House. That's what this is about. That's what the vote, the 1-6 commission vote was about. So, and this ties into, uh, this segs into what crazy fucking thing did a Republican say this week? And uh, I'm going to go first because mine is on point here. Ben, you already alluded to it. What crazy fucking thing did a Republican say this week? My entry is Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat, although, is he, is he? Yeah, yeah, although many people would dispute this. He is, he is officially a Democrat, and Joe Manchin voted for the commission— And he was asked before the vote if he would get rid of the filibuster or reform it in some way in order to get the January 6th commission bill passed. Now, Joe Manchin has been asked this question a gazillion times, and just about every time it's an unequivocal no. This is what he said yet, the way he said it yesterday, instead of just saying, no, I won't get rid of the filibuster. He said this, quote, I'm not ready to destroy our government. I'm not ready to destroy our government. No. All right. In this context, the context of this makes it so rich because what the 1-6 commission would have done, as we just discussed, is investigate the people who were just trying to destroy our government. And the writing was on the wall when Manchin said this, right? It was clear that they weren't going to have the 60 votes needed to get this going. And he, he, he goes out and he says this anyway. And it's just so it's just so ridiculous. Just in this context, it makes it fucking mind-blowing. And then afterwards, here, here's, here's a statement from Manchin after the vote. Quote, there is no excuse for any Republican to vote against this commission since Democrats have agreed to everything they asked for. Mitch McConnell has made this his political position, thinking it will help his 2022 elections. They do not believe the truth will set you free, so they continue to live in fear. Well, you know, that's, that's some nice language from Manchin, but what is he going to do to back it up? You know, as long as he keeps saying, no, I'm not going to eliminate the filibuster. I'm not going to reform the filibuster. I don't agree to any of that. Like, then what is the weapon that Democrats have to combat Republican obstructionism? Is it shame? Is is that it? Is he trying to shame Republicans? Because we know that's not going to work. They are incapable of shame. Mitch McConnell has no shame. He cares about one thing, and that's being majority leader again. That's it. And a 1-6 commission doesn't help him achieve that. So, you know, this, this statement from Joe Manchin, you know, it's, it's nice and all, but unless he is prepared to at least talk tough or on the filibuster or indicate that he's open to it, this is just going to keep going on and on it like on whatever piece of legislation you want, you know, like the, the, for the people act or the John Lewis voting rights act, whichever voting rights act, any voting rights act, like is dead in the water. Republicans will have no interest in getting that accomplished. I, I don't see what the, the end game is here, right? It's that is Joe, is Joe Manchin going to be responsible for essentially tanking Biden's presidency, right? Is that, 
Is that what he's trying to do? He must understand that this is this would be the result. Unless he's just he genuinely is deluded, right? I wrote a big piece on this for uh, Banter members this week about Joe Manchin, about w- what is going through this guy's mind, like how, w- what calculation is he making here? He's not up for re-election, right, until 2024. So it's like, bro, what is your calculation here, right? You're not up for re-election until 2024. You can afford to make some concessions. You can afford to 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 you know, at least temporarily get rid of the filibuster uh, and pass some, some much-needed legislation. Then you can bring the filibuster in, you can reform it, you can do whatever you want. You're not up for re-election in 2022. You're also 73 years old, okay? Which means in 2024, you're going to be 76, right? Are you going to you want to keep running? I mean, he's already sort of hinted that he he might not seek re-election in, in, um, in 2024. So what does he want? I don't, I, I, this is where I, I don't really understand what his calculation is here right so and i think you know that the the democrats absolutely have to apply maximum maximum pressure on mansion right give him as many sort of um you know hang this around his neck right the fact that this you know you can't rely on the Republicans to do anything. They're not going to vote for anything, anything sensible, right? They're not going to join the Democrats in voting to preserve, voting to have sensible voting right legislation. They're not going to vote for any any meaningful infrastructure package. This, they, they can't even vote to investigate a terrorist attack on their own government, right? So we know this. So therefore, the, we, the, the blame there now has to be put on Manchin. But it's a difficult one to do, right? You, but he he does have to own this. They have they have to make him own this as uh, as best they can, and then get, and all the other legislation they want, they can say to Manchin, okay, look, you go and find us ten Republicans, right, who want to vote for infrastructure, who want to vote for the Voting Rights Act, right? You, you go and find us t- ten. When you you can also write the bills yourself, right? You put in what you want, what you think is reasonable. You go and negotiate, and you bring us ten Republicans. You know, and make him head of it. Put, put him. You know, make him lead negotiator. Right? Give him as much power as he wants. Okay, and then tell him like that's your job to go and get them, which he'll fail. It won't happen. He won't be able to get ten Republicans. It's not going to happen. So he's going to have to own all of this. Right? He'll have to carry that himself. I think that's one of the the only ways really that they can they can use that kind of pressure. But it's nuts. Like the fact that he's out there saying, like, you know, I'm shocked, I'm stunned that this would happen. Like, have you not been paying any attention? Do you not know, you know, who Mitch McConnell is? Like, what have you been doing for these past five years? Joe Manchin is perhaps the most maddening politician in government right now. But the thing is, I hope he runs for re-election in 2024 because Manchin is one of those Democrats in the Senate where once they're gone, like that seat is probably gone. Probably, Man- yeah. Mansion comes from you know West Virginia was a Trump plus forty state twice, and Mansion he he's got the secret sauce. He knows how to win there. So you know, I, I'd he's rather better there than not there. Yeah, right. He's right. he's better there than not there. I mean, like we're. You know, John Tester's another one in Montana. Like, is there a Democrat? Is there another Democrat in Montana 
that could win a Senate seat, maybe Steve Bullock. I, I, I don't know, but you know, those are, those are a couple of guys like you, you want them to keep running because, you know, not that they're shoe wins to win their reelections, just that the alternative is almost certain loss of a seat. Kirsten Cinema, on the other hand, who couldn't even be bothered to vote, you know, in this for this commission. Um, she didn't vote no. She just, I guess, was out of town. She had better things to do. You know, primary her all day long. Arizona's a purple state. Like they chances have are good. The chances, chances are- the chances are decent. You've got two. They have two Democratic senators. The state narrowly w- went for Biden. Like it's not a West Virginia situation. So yeah, primary her. All right, Ben. Who do you have? Uh, what's your what crazy fucking thing did a Republican say this week? Okay, so my pick of the week, my choice is uh, our, our old friend, um, Mr. Uh, um, Mr. Um, Ayn Rand herself, himself rather, um, is Paul Ryan. Um, Paul Ryan, wow. This week, Paul Ryan, here's a, here's a throwback, right? Paul Ryan, who used to be regarded as an extreme, a, a real, a genuine extremist, right? A real, very, very far right, particularly economically speaking um republican who's now looked on at the part uh, by the party as you know a, a sellout and uh, uh a rhino and nowhere near sufficiently doesn't doesn't display su- sufficient fealty to to donald trump so he gave a speech this week at the ronald reagan library where he said and i he, this is the quote okay he says if the conservative cause depends on the populist appeal of one personality or of second-rate imitations, then we're not going anywhere. Voters looking for Republican leaders want to see independence and metal. They will not be impressed by the sight of yes-men and flatterers flocking to Mar-a-Lago. We win majorities by directing our loyalty and respect to voters and by staying faithful to the conservative principles that unite us. This was true even when the person leading our movement was as impressive, polished, and agreeable as they come. Talking about Ronald Reagan there. So... Okay, <laughs> if voters, I'll read that bit again, right? They want to see independence and metal, okay? They will not be impressed by the sight of yes-men and flatterers, right? So he's, he's obviously talking about Trump. He didn't name Trump in this, okay? If only, if only there could have been a Republican in power who had the balls to stand up to Donald Trump. Right? Do you have any ideas? I mean, do you have any suggestions yeah, I, on I, who that could have been? I don't know, it would, you know... Yeah, I guess that would mean staying in politics, right, and actually doing something of value rather than retiring when shit got when shit hit the fan. I mean, what an absolute joke this guy is. This guy is an absolute what a pathetic little weasel talking about brave, you know, showing metal and independence, right? When this guy basically said and did nothing. He voted for Trump in 2016. I don't know what his vote was in 2020, but he 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 voted. He said that not voting for Trump is a vote for Clinton, and that he voted. He he went on record saying that he voted for Donald Trump. So he he basically he's complicit in all of this, right? And then he left, and then he quit. So here's a guy. This is this just sums up the GOP perfectly. He he can't even name Trump. He can't even name him. He wouldn't even use Donald Trump's name. Right, he's urging Republicans to be brave when he did the most spineless, cowardly thing he could possibly do, which was a vote for Trump and then b leave when 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 things got a little dicey. What a joke! What a pathetic, spineless little twerp this guy is. 
You know, I'm almost more angry at, at the at these um, at these Republicans who got out. You know, the, who who just decided, like, you know what, this politics game isn't for me anymore. I'm out. You may recall that back in 2016, Ryan was supposed to do an event with Trump. And then the Access Hollywood tape came out, you know, the grab him by the pussy. Yes. And uh, Ryan didn't do the event. And How brave of him. Yeah, it, well, and then he said he, he condemned Trump's comments. And then according to a, a book at the time, or according to a book, I forget who it was, it's something like Ryan said he wouldn't defend Trump anymore or something like that. And then... Trump ended up winning, and Ryan, as Speaker of the House, he he helped ram through Trump's agenda, or a lot of it anyway. And, uh, you know, how many times were they seen, like, smiling together and being, like you said, spineless little weasel, no no principles, just doing what was necessary to uh, keep his uh, Republican conference in line and, and support the Trump agenda and get their tax cuts passed. And all of that. And it's just so it's just so funny now that he's out of power. He's got, you know, grand things to say on the state of the Republican Party, which he just completely either he's either lying in this speech when he says that this is about conservative principles or whatever. Uh, Either he's lying about that or he is fucking delusional and he's trying to tell himself that. His party is something that it really isn't, as evidenced by the fact you mentioned Liz Cheney earlier. Liz Cheney, one of the more conservative members of Congress, booted from leadership because she did not pass the most important Republican litmus test or purity test, whatever you want to call it. And what is that? Is that about tax cuts? No. Is that about immigration? No. Is that about abortion? No. Is that about getting tough on China? No. It's about fealty to donald trump that is the most important thing liz cheney failed the test therefore she gets booted and a sufficiently trumpy person has now taken her place in the form of elise stefanik and yeah so ryan is he's he's done in politics probably because he says shit like this and you know trumpism runs deep and i mean this is going to be with the party for a while so it's nice that he can nice that he's staying on the sidelines and saying saying things about where he thinks the party is even though that's they're completely untrue by the way one thing he could do is i believe he's on the board of fox news he's on the board of trump tv so uh you know if he really wants to to do something about this and and take a stand uh he should get up from his board seat and walk out the door and say i'm done here but i won't hold my breath on that it, it really it, it really does like blow the mind like how spineless this guy is and to then give a speech about showing spine is is sort of it's it's amazing that you could you you could do that that no self-awareness no sort of understanding of what he's done right the fact that like yeah he like they all fucking knew right this is the thing they all knew what this guy was like they all knew it. And then as soon as he got power, they all fell into line. It was extremely sad. Like a very, very sad, sort of sad time in American politics when you kind of really got to see, like, you know, what the party was made of. Did they actually give a shit about democracy in, in this country? And they don't. They just don't at all. 
And I think that, you know, it, this this is very, very scary for 2024 because Trump is, he he's, you know, he's going to, I, I can't imagine him not running again, right? And I think that what he's doing now, what they're doing now is they're trying to lay the groundwork for, for stealing an election, right? For trying to do it again. But this time, you know, a much more coordinated effort in, in doing so. That's what I, I, I see happening in, in the near future. Uh, and you would have thought that, you know, I mean, look, Liz Cheney is, is you know, credit to Liz Cheney. She's she's sounding the alarm. She's doing something about it. She's willing to fall on her sword um, to try and prevent this from happening again. But the rest of them are not, are not doing a damn thing. You know, it's, uh, you know, look, I'll, I'll give credit to the Republicans who voted um, to to for the for the investigation for the commission, um, you know, Mikowski, Romney, Susan Collins, um, Susan Collins voted for it, did, did, right? Yes, I, yeah, yes. she did. Yeah, there were there were six of them, I believe. Ben Sass also, um, Rob Portman of Ohio, and uh, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, who who also voted for the impeachment bill man bill cassidy not to get off on a tangent here but bill that's interesting i was shocked when he voted to uh, convict trump back in february that was shocking um so yeah i guess not entirely surprising he voted for this but all right we do have some good news um we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this but uh all right just going to read a, a bit from the washington post here manhattan's district attorney that's cy vance has convened the grand jury that is expected to expected to decide whether to indict former President Donald Trump, other executives at his company, or the business itself should prosecutors present the panel with criminal charges, according to two people familiar with the development. Okay, so until the 1-6 commission vote, this was really dominating headlines, at least in non-Fox world. Uh, a lot of people getting really excited about this. They're talking about Trump CFO uh, Alan Weisselberg and how he knows everything. He knows all the numbers. Michael Cohen was on TV saying that Weisselberg could account for every penny coming in and going out of the Trump organization and all of this stuff. And Weisselberg's daughter-in-law was saying he's going to flip on Trump and all this stuff. And my reaction is like, let's slow our roll here. Okay, please. (laughs) First of all, I have been scarred by like four years of MSNBC legal analysts telling us that Trump is in deep legal shit and nothing ever happening. Like and saying like, oh, Bannon's going to flip. Manafort's going to flip. Stone's going to flip. And none of them flipped. And the, the one guy that did flip, Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen flipped and fuck all happened. So... You know, let's just relax here. Um, there may be indictments coming down from this grand jury, like in six months' time. Uh, you know, will it be Trump? I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, maybe it will be Weisselberg. Maybe it will be like some other people who are related to this. You know, who who are involved in this? I have no doubt that the Trump organization did illegal shit. Like, I can't prove it, but just knowing the guy and how shady he is and how cavalier he is about laws and rules and how he thinks they shouldn't apply to him. Like I have, I have no doubt that the Trump org was doing bad stuff that crossed legal lines. Proving it though, 
especially Trump himself, proving these white collar crimes is very, very, very difficult because you also have to show intent, right? So like not only was, you know, an illegal thing done, but like they knew it was illegal, you know, that Trump knew it was illegal, for example, like whether it's underreporting your assets, you know, when you go to pay your taxes or or overinflating your assets assets when you go to get a loan for a bank so it's easier to get a loan. I have I have there's no doubt in my mind like that kind of stuff happened and and they knew in their minds but like can they can prosecutors prove that and that's just very very difficult. You know like I think like you say it is good news but let's hold our horses you know, let's let's uh, again. Yeah, we've been we've been told that this was <laughs> we've been told over and over again that Trump is in deep trouble. Um, but this guy has a sort of, uh, you know, he, he's a cat with nine lives. Right. And he, he may have used up seven of them. Um, but I'm not convinced that he's I'm not convinced that he's on, you know, he's out of out of bullets just yet. I think he I think he's still, you know, the fact that he got away with attempting a coup basically inciting a coup and standing by and doing nothing about it is uh, astonishing. Yeah, Trump Trump called Georgia's Secretary of State and asked him to find the necessary number of votes that would have put Trump over the top in that state. That has to be. There has to be. And I think the Fulton County DA is, is looking into that matter. But how can that be legal? A presidential, a presidential candidate, the president, leaning on a public official to quote unquote find him votes that's crazy that is insane anyway uh like i said this guy doesn't think the the rules should apply to him okay ben let me ask you a question yes far away do you care where the covid virus originated and I, this is a serious question because I've thought of, I've thought a lot about this because this week, of course, there was a Wall Street Journal report stating that in November, I believe it was, of 2019, three people who worked at the Wuhan lab in question uh, were hospitalized because they became so sick, and this has fueled speculation that. COVID-19 did indeed originate in a lab, which, you know, medical professionals in the United States, epidemiologists in the United States, you know, foremost among them, Anthony Fauci, have said that he does not believe it originated in the lab. He thinks it's far more likely it originated naturally. Obviously, this report calls that into question. Fauci has never said there's no way it came from a lab. He just said... It's unlikely. Uh, and I will say, and I, I, I will say, like, there are conservatives who said, you know, like, including Trump, like, oh, this probably came from a lab. You know, Trump is saying this on, he was saying this on no evidentiary basis whatsoever. But I, I will say a lot of liberals dismiss them as conspiracy theorists. I'm not saying the lab theory is right. I'm just saying that since we have no idea, I think it's a little weird to to completely dismiss it out of hand. And I also think, like, I think it's weird but not surprising that this has become like yet another flashpoint in the left-right divide, even though this is inherently – like where a virus came from, it's an inherently apolitical matter. 
Yeah, and I think that's the issue, right? The issue is that it's been politicized. So, so, um, and I largely hold the right responsible for this. I think that the, you know, people who, you know, if that was a sort of talking point on the left, it wasn't necessarily that, you know, the left was trying to politicize it. It was that they were taking what the World Health Organization and what most scientists and virologists believe, believed at the time was true. Right. I mean, I, you know, I've read a fair amount about this. Um, I'm no biologist. I'm no virologist or epidemiologist. But I do understand that the majority um, of reputable scientists do think that it's more likely that it, it, it was a naturally occurring transmission, that it was, um, you know, bat to, likely bat to human uh, species jump, which ha that's how viruses basically like that spread um, with the vast majority of the time. Um, if it was in, if it had been in a lab, the conditions would have had to have been absolutely perfect for it to happen. Um, you know, the chances of it happening in a lab are quite are quite small. It doesn't mean to say that it didn't happen. It is entirely possible that it did. Uh, but I think that siding with the majority of scientists, uh, you know, is always, generally speaking, the wisest thing to do. So, you know, early on when there was a big debate about this, you know, I had no feelings either way i just tried to find out you know what was the most likely explanation and it appeared given the evidence at the time the most likely explanation was that it wasn't a lab leak um you know new evidence has come to light uh it's worth pointing out that this is all unverified right the the, the wall street journal report we don't know what they were uh, diagnosed with we don't know what symptoms they had um, specifically we don't know who these people were Right, I don't think we even have their names. Um, so you know, look, is it, it maybe you know maybe it was a lab leak. Maybe maybe they had found COVID nineteen in a lab, and they were studying it, and it and it, it leaked that way. Uh, perhaps it was created in a lab. Um, that's possible as well. I think that's again less likely, um, given what the you know uh, people who have sequenced the genome of COVID nineteen say that it's highly unlikely you would have telltale markers. Uh, again, I'm certainly not a I'm not a, a, a scientist. Um, I I couldn't give you an expert opinion on that. But again, I think it's worth taking what what you know the majority of scientists in that particular field believe is the most likely hypothesis. I don't personally, you know, what what does it matter? I you know, I don't know. I think it is very important to get to the bottom of where the virus came from, how it was transmitted to a human being. I, I think that is extremely important for any new disease. But unless there's evidence that China was developing this as some type of biological weapon, I do not care about where it came from. I only care about the right steps being taken to prevent something like this from happening again. So if the original theory about COVID transmission going from bat to human coming out of a, a wet market. So for me, the, the action item would be for the Chinese government to crack down on wet markets, like do, do, do what needs to be done to reduce the chances of animal to human transmission of weird new diseases. That would be the action item in that scenario. If it was, created in the lab, then crack down on that type of activity in labs. Take the necessary precautions to make sure that if you are creating these diseases in labs, 
that they don't get out. Like whatever needs to be done, just do it. And I just think it's, again, it's really weird that, that now it's become like a left right issue, right? It's when it shouldn't like who, who cares if it came from a wet market or a lab accidentally or whatever, like it's, it's out. And all that matters is that the necessary steps are taken to ensure this doesn't happen again, or at least reduce the chances of something like this happening again. And so I think a lot of people this week have just blown a lot of hot air. They've burnt a lot of energy. You know, this has been like the story on Fox News all week, by the way, like obviously more so than the one six commission vote. Uh, but this has been it. And they've just been feeding their, you know, and, and I'm, you know, like I'm just sitting here like, all right, so what? Say you, you find it was created in a lab. Then what? What is it we are supposed to do at that point? Like, oh, now that we know it came from a lab, like what? Do you dunk on Fauci? Like, is the, but my question is, like, is there a real world implication there beyond the action, the types of action items that I mentioned? And I just I just don't see any. But. Yeah. And right. And I think that's the case. Right. This is the, the issue here that Fox News is blathering on about this. I think one of the reasons they're doing this is because they want to show that Donald Trump was right. You know, so they're desperate to show that, that you know, the orange god was uh, correct about this in the beginning, that he wasn't as crazy as everyone is saying he is, right? So that's one of the reasons why conservatives have jumped on this, is that it's a way of proving that Trump was right, and it's also a way of owning the libs, right? It's about, you know, so for example, mask wearing. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff about, about wearing a mask outside. Is wearing a mask outside useful or not? So what's happening now... Is, is that a, a lot of, you know, there's some study, basically a lot of the studies are showing that, yeah, in fact, wearing a mask outside is, is actually minimally effective. It doesn't really do that much in most circumstances, right? Casually, if you're just walking around outside, wearing a mask doesn't make any difference. You're highly unlikely to contract COVID-19 um, when you're outside, right? And you're not in a particularly crowded area, okay? So, which is, that's fine, right? The, we didn't know that, six to eight months ago, right? We didn't know that three months ago, four months ago. We, we still didn't know. There were many, many, many unknowns about COVID-19. And we, you know, public health officials crafted public health policy based on what we knew and what we, what we didn't know. And they tried to err on the side of caution in most cases. And they got things wrong, for sure. In retrospect, you know, perhaps wearing a mask outside wasn't as necessary as we thought it was, right? But, you know, was that some grand conspiracy by, you know, Dr. Fauci and, and every, other, every other government official or government scientist, right, who had an incredibly difficult job trying to protect the public from a pandemic that was killing millions of people, right, on a, on a daily basis, you know? So, and, and that's, that's the issue. It's like, I'm quite willing to accept that um, a lot of what we thought was right about about COVID nineteen was actually was wrong, and that's fine. That's what happens. That's what science is a self correcting discipline, right? If you get better evidence, then you change, you know, you can ch you change the hypothesis, right? It, that that's how it works. You're constantly trying to to improve on, on what you know and 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 the kind of conclusions you draw from it. So I, but it's you know, Fox News 
again, they're not interested in that. They're interested in scoring political points and people who adhere to, to, to the science or who listen to scientists and public health officials are usually uh, Democrats for the most part because uh, they're sensible. Um, so this, again, for them, it's just a, ch- it's a chance to own the libs. It's a chance to paint Anthony Fauci as some sort of far-left Hack, uh, democratic hack, right? Or you know, a stooge of uh, big pharma, or whatever. I don't know. You know, the deep state. I don't know what. The, you know, who knows what goes on in conservative minds these days? Uh, I just think it's a real shame. I think it's a real shame, and there's a lot. It's a very. It's, it shows a lot of um, very hazy thinking, um, hazy and dishonest thinking. I think that that that's my take on it. Imagine the challenge. Like you have this novel virus that you know very little about that is spreading rapidly throughout the country and it's killing people at a clip like 10, 20 times the flu. And just, I can only imagine being in the dark about how this virus worked in a lot of ways in terms of its transmission and communicating what you know to a nation of 330 million people, like that is a massive, that's a massive challenge. And so obviously they erred on the side of caution, right? Which is what you should do because we haven't seen anything like this in our lifetimes. No one has, unless you're over a hundred years old and we're around for the, the 1918 flu pandemic. You haven't seen anything like this. And we just, and and no one knew early on, like no one knew how it worked. This had not been studied extensively. So conservatives are now dunking on Fauci and, and, you know, those of us who were wearing masks, you know, who were very adamant that people wear masks outdoors when in close quarters with people at least, but we just didn't know at the time. We did not know whether it could be transmitted outside, what the conditions are. So the idea that like you're, you know, you're going back and you're, you know, slamming people for being cautious uh, is just stupid and foolish and juvenile. Yeah, and I and I think that's you know this is one of my major beefs with the with the with the right with conservatives and all the new age conspiracy theorists, right? Um, is that they're not they have a the benefit of not being responsible for anything or for anyone. They get to talk shit, right, on social media or on their TV show or whatever it is. They get to talk smack without having to take responsibility for anyone's lives. Unfortunately, we had a president at the time who had exactly the same attitude. He didn't think he was responsible for anybody's life at all, right? So he said what he wanted without thinking about it and likely got... I mean, yeah, I think we we can say for sure that the conspiracy theories that Trump promoted... actively helped kill people right people didn't wear masks they didn't social distance they they were you know probably taking hydroxychloroquine you know when it didn't do anything there was no medical evidence for it right i mean trump is there were six hundred thousand americans have died roughly uh from the coronavirus i think probably had trump taken it seriously you probably would have had half of that right so he's responsible for probably at least three hundred thousand deaths i would say that would be my back of a napkin calculation i'm probably being generous to him as well you know, but you have the entire kind of um, uh, network of people, new ages and conspiracy theorists and radical right wing nutjobs, right? Who they can say whatever the fuck they want, right? And they don't have to. They're not. They don't care. Didn't most of them quite young? Most of them probably in pretty good health. You know, so they're a they were unlikely to be affected by uh, COVID themselves. 
uh, and B, you know, if if other people they knew got 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 infected, then you know it was because they you know maybe they they didn't take their their vitamins or you know they weren't healthy enough or they they weren't you know they weren't strong enough. There's always a sort of uh, you know when you're dealing with kind of narcissistic assholes, they're not going to say responsible things, right? But whereas you know I would say the Democrats, broadly speaking, took it very seriously uh, and understood that they were. Um, you know that public officials were responsible for people's lives, so you had to err on the side of caution. And like you said, you know, it was in a very, very, very difficult situation where nobody knew much about anything. Thankfully, now we have a responsible government uh, in charge, and they're, again, they're just being responsible, right? Which is, I understand, it might be overkill. A lot of the, the, the a lot of the rule, the CDC's rulings and, and the CDC's, CDC's recommendations might be overkill. It might well be, but I'm, it, you know, that they have a responsibility. And, and, they, and they, they're taking that responsibility. One thing that did not really lend any credibility to the Wuhan lab theory of the origins of COVID was the fact that Donald Trump was suggesting that that's where it originated. All right. This is a guy you met, you, you, like you said, he was promoting hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine. He was suggesting that disinfectant injected into the body could cure COVID. He was suggesting that sunlight could cure COVID. I mean, he had said, but like in February of 2020, he said, we got 15 cases. Soon it would be down to zero. This guy, he was wrong on so many things about COVID-19. So the fact that he was promoting the lab theory did not really bode well for that theory's credibility, um, probably so, like in the in the eyes of the public, and uh, and also you know who knows pro- he was probably saying that on no basis whatsoever. He probably just was trying to will it into existence. Anyway, um, well, on that positive note, yeah, <laughs> we tried to leave it on a positive, um, but. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 again, I think like, like I would always say to, to everybody in terms of COVID, you know, stay safe. Uh, in fact, my my mum in the UK has had her COVID, uh, had two COVID shots, uh, both Pfizer, and she contracted COVID last week. You know, so we, just, you know, thankfully she's okay. It appears that the vaccine, you know, has provided her with a lot of immunity, so she's she's actually okay. But again, it just means that there's a lot we don't know. You know, there's a lot we don't know. You, you know, you think you're safe, you get vaccinated, you think everything's fine, but not not necessarily, right? The vaccines, you know, appear to be great, but they're, they're not. They're, again, they're flawed, or, or it's not. Per- you know, not everything in this world is perfect. And did and, I just um, tune into Tucker Carlson for a second? <laughs> But you know, I mean, look, it, it, you know, it, 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 again, and I'm obviously I'm pro-vaccine and I'm vaccinated, and but you know, you know, we just there are so many th- unknowns about the, about this virus and who it can affect and how effective the 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 vaccines are and how the safety. I guess my point is about the safety precautions. You can hop bang on about not wearing a mask, but and you, if you've got your vaccine, Rand Paul was like, if you've been vaccinated, why do you need to wear a mask? Well, my mum wore a mask. Uh, my mum didn't wear a mask because she was vaccinated around other people and she got COVID again. So and we think she might have had it last year So uh, uh, as well. So, you know, it's just, I just think, you know, being cautious is, is good. It's, and if you're public, public health officials have to take that in mind, that you're not necessarily as safe as you think you are. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 
but um anyway well thank you all for listening uh we really appreciate it uh i'd like to say that our podcast stats have been going up week after week after week so um it appears that we are providing our listeners with a show that they seem to be enjoying so thank you very much uh really um in england we like to say uh, i'm chuffed i'm chuffed about it which means i'm very pleased yeah how do you feel about that about the word chuffed not great uh, uh, no i'm talking not, <laughs> not something that i think will catch on in the states anytime soon fair enough but no great. but yeah it was it was listenership gr- yeah, we came back from a two-week hiatus last week, and uh, I, I guess uh, a lot of you missed us, maybe. Uh, yeah. So that was, you know, it's 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 good to be missed. It's I, good I to suppose. be missed. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you are enjoying the banter podcast, uh, make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, if you really love us, please become a banter member. Banter member, you can click on the orange button in the newsletter, and you can get yourself two months free. Um, it really helps. Uh, it helps us remain independent. Um, that's how we survive. So thank you so much for that. And also, please subscribe to us on Spotify as well or on iTunes. The links are all in the newsletter. Um, just gives us a way of, of like if you miss a show you know if you're subscribed to us on Spotify or iTunes it will show up there as well that would be great uh, yeah and we will see you next week and thanks again everyone <laughs>